Welcome in to another episode of Scrubbery and the Scrub. Jeez, I almost messed up that intro right there, but glad you guys are tuning back in. We are happy. Obviously, Jay's coming off two big wins, men's and women's this weekend. Got a lot of nice Big East recap to go over here. Matt, how you doing on this fine Sunday evening? Yeah, bro, right? you got, bro, you got to introduce us. You got to let people know who we are. Sweet. Yeah, man. I didn't really see our face. Sorry, sorry, my fault. I always forget. I am Scurry. I'm Scurry in the scrub. He's Jordan. Jordan Scurry. Your name is Jordan Scurry. Jordan Scurry. The name your mama gave you. The name my mama gave me. This yeah. is true. Jordan Scurry. I'm Scurry. Matthew Marinas. Jordan's going to get us right. He's going to get us right with this intro, but... Yeah, dude, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're ready to rock. We're ready to talk some Big East. Yeah, full. Yeah, we got a lot. I'm another excited. Full, another full week of, like, good-ass games to go through, right? Like, that was a good week. I think we started yeah, this good. thing at the right time because we had, like, a good sample size to digest and then, like, Absolutely. a good week of games here to, like, talk about again. I think we got a good now we, going. Now I think we definitely see, like, what the personality or not personality, the identities are starting to become of these Big East teams. Yeah. And so we have kind of a storyline to build out. I'm excited to see how it's going to keep going. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, for sure, this, a lot of these teams are starting to, like, show us who they are a little bit, especially because most of them are on, I don't know, I think on both on the men and women's side, they're pretty experienced, right? Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if there's any unknowns left. Is there any, like, is there any, is there any team – on, I mean, you're not very, like, tuned in with the women. I'll handle that part. But, like, is there anybody that top of mind right now you're still trying to figure out who they are? Or do you think you got DePaul. Still DePaul. Really? You were – you're yeah. not, like – you're not buying the Louisville stuff, huh? That was – I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I, I It's, like, because I, I, I'm not sold. I will say it's the most impressive I've seen since probably my freshman year, like, that they rolled out there. But – other than that, I'm not sold yet. So you're gonna you're gonna have, you're gonna help me have to help me make sense of that one. We're gonna have to help each other out tonight because I got some I got some hot takes that are probably not going to age very well, but I'm gonna say them anyway. And then you're you, I'll try to like get you right, and then you try to get me right. If we if yeah. we're flying too we, close we, to the sun, you know that's what I mean? that's what that's I think our objective for the night is we gotta help each other really throughout the beast. Yeah. Like, we'll, we we'll have we, to come to a consensus. The key is we just can't fly too close to the sun at the same time. Like if you're too close, I gotta pull you back. And if I'm too close, you right. gotta, if we both get too close to the sun at the same time, this thing's gonna go off the rails pretty good. Right. We keep each other in check. That's what we yeah, do here. Exactly. exactly. Um, so for the first thing on DePaul though, because you because you're you, you brought them up. Like wow, I was thinking about this when they were pretty much like handling Louisville. Like that was like a game I felt like DePaul was controlling, um, which surprised me. Like David Jones, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. That man cooked the Yum Center. Like, cooked it. So, you actually want to know my thing about DePaul, though, too? Before I want to let you finish, but before you do, just I think the thing about DePaul now and why there's like, I get why people are starting to believe is they're so detached from what they used to be, kind of. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as who are there now, don't know that they DePaul was like kind of just a through before. Yeah just relishing in this opportunity to compete at the level in which a Big East team competes at. Well, like the first thing that like jumps out to you that makes you think like you're kind of watching with like one eye, like, uh, and you're like, maybe um, what's that meme where she's like, you know, that's like kind of what you watch the Paul like when you're, when you're watching the full game of them. Just, it's, the, it's that watch. It's that, 
skepticism because that's it. Yes, it's def- it's healthy skeptic because of their history. But I just like you know with with Dave Leto and like Oliver Purnell, you never saw dudes like maximize. Like maybe one or two guys like stood out to you in terms of like, oh yeah, he's getting all of he's getting all of his money's worth. Like he's he's maximizing his potential. Because like Paul Reed, right, Paul Reed, right. Paul Reed, right now, like you look at Paul Reed right now, and you go, dude, that dude could have ruled the league. He could have ruled yeah. the Big East. You and, know what I mean? and remember, he played with Max Struess. Yeah, Struess too. Like, that's yeah. That's the, that was a team. That was a Think squad. That they were on this. They could have like that's like a team. Like if you stick like Jay Wright in there, that's eighteen and zero easy. Like that's a you're not getting them. You better you get you better get them once, and that's it. Like, so that's why you're sold then on on well the, I'm not sold. Hold up, I'm not sold. I have okay, my cra- okay. here's my crazy thing that you might this is crazy part number one where you might have to calm me down. But so it's uh Tony Stubblefield, right? Is his name? Is that his first name? Tony? I should um, what I don't know. I'm Tony. not even ready to talk big east. I gotta look this up. I just know his name. I just know they call him Stubbs, so I gotta make sure I got this right. Yeah, I'm right. Tony Stubblefield. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I got knowledge in my head somewhere. Um, Tony Stubblefield for DePaul, right? Eight and one right now. Just beat Louisville on the road. Looked really good doing it. Um, beat Rutgers, who just beat Purdue. Um, and then TJ Otzelberger, Iowa State, undefeated, top 15 surprise team of the season so far, right? Yes, I would agree with that. Okay, okay hold up, though. So take those two. And then look at Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska and Chicago Bulls if you want to. I don't care. And then Dana Altman at Oregon. And like, and then think about Altsberger and him being like Fred Hoiberg's top assistant at Iowa State. And think about Stubblefield being Dana's top assistant at Oregon. How much of like how much of like Oregon and Iowa State's like emergence to national prominence where they like you know, Oregon made a Final Four. Iowa State made some defensive tournament runs, like went to the Sweet 16, yada, yada. Like, how much of that is the dudes who are leading their own programs now and versus, like, the guys who are at Oregon and Nebraska? Right. Wait. Because I remember when Dana left Creighton, it's not like he was rolling. You know what I mean? Right. They were right. like in, They were, like, in the CBI his final year before he went to Oregon. Mm-hmm. So, like, how much of, how much of, like, credit – of Oregon and Iowa State's credit for those guys belongs to Stubblefield and Otzelberger right now, and how much of it belongs to – how much of it is well-earned for Hoiberg and Dana Allman? Mm, okay. I was – so you're saying that they get – Because this is Oregon's first year yes. without Stubblefield. Look how bad they look right now. Mm, okay. I mean, they lost they lost 81-49 to 49 to BYU, like in I Portland. I did see that. I did see that. You know what I'm saying? So am I crazy or – no, I think you have a point. Okay. I don't know to what extent the credit is due, but there's definitely credit. Due. A lot of credit due? Like yeah. Yeah. A healthy. Yeah. A healthy yeah. Like, I like the, like we should definitely be talking about it right now. Oh, okay. See that you're with me then. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I think something needs to be said for that because I just think there's a, there's a total difference of guys who like know how to run a program between and guys who know how to coach like it, it is a whole there's, there, there's the difference there and I think that's that what highlights it there like I think a good example and I even texted you during the game was like seeing D-Rock like D-Rock Darren DeVries at Drake 
like he's the kind of coach who can run a program. Like he is a leader type of, of he, he has that command of a locker room type. Like, and yeah. that comes from somewhere. Like, and for a lot of these guys along the way, it came from somewhere. So to see a guy like Stubbs come in and I think that's what you're ultimately saying. Like, that's where he got it from, right? Like knowing how to run it. You have to know how to run a program. And clearly he was part of that. Like that yeah. was like he, and he's taken that over. So yeah, credit to him to any credit to, I guess Altman and Osberg, like all I credit to those guys for like actually running programs and like mm-hmm. knowing that that's kind of the way, I guess that that's, that's the blueprint for success. I guess if you're going to inherit a team like a DePaul, right? Yeah. And we, and honestly, like they still have some proving to do like DePaul hasn't gone through the big East yet. Iowa state hasn't jumped into big 12 play. So like, you know, I might be jumping the gun here, but I'm just saying, if I if I look at like what Hoiberg did without Otzelberger, and then like I just I just try not to like I try not to be I try not to just knit like uh, cherry pick Dana's resume and say like oh look at all these good years at Oregon like and I'm really like looking back at like how he left Creighton you know what I mean like what what how Creighton was trending when he went to Oregon I'm just like. Oh. Maybe there's something to it. I'm, I'm, I'm like convincing myself as I'm going along here. So maybe by the end of the year, I'll look back on this moment and think I was like, I was going crazy, but I don't know if I oh, am right I, now. I'm, I'm I don't like, know if you are right now. You definitely have grounds for that argument right now. So I'm glad you brought it up early. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, they're like eight because one combined. So I, this is when the I'm, I'm front yeah, running, I'm front yeah. running. That's okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up now too, because that was, that is my biggest concern with DePaul. I don't know how they're there in the Big East. So I think. Yeah. Give me, give me three games for them. Into so, the, okay, so, you know. so here's my, so I guess the question then is like for you is how many Big East wins does the Paul need to have to, to like oh, oh. to justify what I'm thinking they are versus what you think they might still be like in terms of their past coming back? How many games total? How many games total in Big East play? Yeah, how many dubs? How many conference play how, dubs? Don't how many games total are there? Twenty. How many did they need to win this year to, to convince you that I'm warm? <laughs> I'm gonna need I'm gonna need <laughs> over, I can, see, under, I can wanna... see in your mind you still thinking this is DePaul. I can see what I see I can see you like I, wanting to I say really four. Am. I am like... <laughs> I am I am but I, I and I'm trying to be generous right now. You know I know what? you are, but you also want to say like four because it's DePaul. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you want to be disrespectful, but like you want to be right at the same time. I can see you tr- struggling with this. If the if the Paul can give me over over, <laughs> you almost said ten. <laughs> you almost said five hundred better. I could see it. This most what I what, what I want to say is thirteen, like that in my head. Thirteen like, dubs for DePaul? If they get that's when I'll be like, seven? all right, what that'll. That, you're saying to make me think they're legit? Yeah, that might win the league, dude. Thirteen and six. Yeah, that's legit. You want are them to win the league legit? to prove they're legit? I think yes. that's not very generous. Damn, they're no. still DePaul. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, for them to still... prove to me, I will say maybe Western Illinois by a point or something. I thought. I want to. Yeah, no, I'll give, say. Give me, give me like six. Give, give me no, a six no. and fourteen. You're not gonna. That's not good enough. Mm-hmm. I need in this me. league. Damn. Yeah. It's a tough league, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I need them to – if that, for them to be legit, I need 10. 
No, I'll give them eight now because we want to be generous. Eight, eight plus. So, so they need to win eight games for you to be like, mm-hmm. for you to give them like a golf clap. Yes. Damn, that's some. I feel like you're being harsh. I am. But all right, that's like, just, hey, let's. Maybe I just have high standards. Maybe, maybe I have high standards. Hey, hey, man, you've won a regular season title in the Big East. Hey, like you come, yeah. you come from royalty, so. I was just about to say, I, man, I went to Creighton. I don't know. My <laughs> standards are pretty high. Exactly. You. Come you got championship rings, so like you guys, yeah. yeah so yes, that's fair. Like four, do you know? You know what kind of? I've never gone into a season thinking four wins. I'm like, yes, right, exactly. No, I'm not wired that way. Sorry, I'm trying, I'm trying to get there, but I'm still. I'm only a year removed. Still, I'm sorry. I can't wait till you like have grandkids and like you embellish all these like crazy ass stories about how good your team was. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and how I was, and how much bounce I, yeah. Oh my. They're going to think I was, like, the most athletic, like, I guess, <laughs> most athletic uh, scout team player of all time. Like, yeah. you're going you're gonna to rewrite the ending of your career because, like, you didn't go to the tournament, you know? You're going to rewrite that ending oh, yeah. for your grandkids, like, and you're not going to let them tell you. And how does the story go? It's going to, every year, it's going to get just drastically more. <laughs> just, like, it's just going to be like, yeah, no, like. We would have won. We we, we would have made it to the final four. And it was like, no, we definitely would have won the national championship that year. That was definitely. I've I've done super advanced analytics that say, and I've ran the simulation a hundred times, and it says I love it. Won that year, regardless. I can't (laughs) wait. I hope I'm alive for those conversations. It's gonna be fantastic. Oh, I love Um, it. The second, so the second crazy thing I had. Do you have a crazy thing first? I forgot. No, DePaul was my crazy thing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my second my second crazy thing might be prisoner of the moment E, I guess, because because Villanova got got run today. We talked about this like last week. Like we 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 I think we both thought they're like a little bit more human than normal, right? Like much they're not gonna they're not gonna like 19 and one this league, you know what I mean? Um so there might some of this might be out of convenience because they did get just embarrassed today, you know? Mm. Um, I think this is like their worst team since realignment. <laughs> I just do. I don't know. And and I know we're, we're like Creighton guys. So like we might pay for this in a week <laughs> next Friday. I might, yeah. I might eat these words like real slow. Highly, but, highly, highly possible. Yeah, for sure. Definitely possible. I'm, 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 I'm introducing that into my risk analysis, you know? Got you. Um, but I just don't love this team. Like, I just think – I think I'm I – maybe – and maybe it's some of it is, like, comparing them to their own standards. But I came in, like, expecting a – like, a surefire top five not getting out of that echelon team this year. Because everybody saw Jermaine Samuels come back and Colin Gillespie come back and just kind of assumed – that this was going to be, you know, a single digit, like five or less lost team this year, you know? And I just see more flaws. Like, I just don't, I don't love them. I don't, I, they've got two guys in Gillespie and Moore who can create their own shot, right? Essentially. Like Jermaine Samuels can, can score, but he's, I don't know if he can create his own offense. As, as well as they would probably need to for them to be as dangerous as people think they are. And then, right. oh, Miles Kale. Um, just blew a windmill dunk. Um, I like, 
I don't know. So, and then I look at their bench depth, and that's like non-existent. I look at their rim protection, that's non-existent, and I'm just like, I think they're just beatable on most, on not most nights, but like you know, I just don't expect them to dog walk everybody in the league, and I think that's yeah. kind of what What's coming in the national media would tell you that it was like Villanova, like a gap, UConn, and then a everybody else is like good luck you know what i mean and i just don't feel that way i feel like everybody else i i feel like there's like a pack and there's a lot of teams in it right now and i just don't so, not loving villanova i agree because i was giving colin gillespie a lot of praise for he had 31 in the game i forget who they played but he had 31 coming back st, st. joseph's that's what you're st. joseph's and, and and so you know coming back from that injury is tough but i think the more i watch them now so i'll agree with you to an extent and then i will say but this is the thing about Nova is they can, they actually are one team I trust of all teams to figure something out, like going forward. Like mm-hmm. they are, they could be just going through a lull right now. Like I often talk about with creating teams that has happened when I was there, but they don't have the type of what it was to be the most is they don't have the type of, I don't even want to say rim protector or anything, but just paint presence that they used to. Jeremy Robinson Earl, right? Robinson Earl. Yeah. Or even even who was it before that they had? um, I forget, but Um, they've they've always had. Yeah, like Omari Spellman. Omari Spellman or whoever it may be. Yes. Yeah. I mean, going back. But I just think it's they don't have that this year. I don't think they have um, the consistency from their guards, which they're used to having, like guards being able to, like, get in there, hit the pull-ups, hit the – kickouts for the threes like they're not doing it at the same level that I think we're used to seeing Villanova do it so I don't know if it, it, it's just a thing that they have to work through and they very much could I've seen Villanova teams do that but they don't look like that right now they don't look like like I have way more confidence in UConn even though they dropped that game at, on uh, Tuesday West Virginia but without their two players that I have seen from anything from Villanova. Like yeah, that yeah. loss, UConn's loss gave me more confidence that they're a better team than any of UConn's win. I mean, Villanova's wins this year. Yeah. I mean, like Tennessee's supposed to be dangerous, you know, and they, they kicked their ass pretty good, but I mean, I just, I don't know, dude. I think here's the thing. I think if you're telling me as like, like pretend you're like a national college basketball analyst, right? You like you don't have a beat, so you kind of just try to, you know, have your pulse on everybody around the country and think about where they belong in terms of ranking them and whatnot. And if you told me that the consensus among that group is that I should be shocked if Creighton wins on Friday, I don't think I'm gonna like fall in line with that. Yeah, I think if Creighton wins on Friday, I'll be like, "Yeah, I mean, I kind of see why it would happen." Yeah, but yeah. I don't. I don't know if Creighton I, I is good enough right now to do that. I don't know if they. I don't. I don't think they are. But you know, they can. You know, be really good one night and pull it off. But I wouldn't be shocked either because there's things, there's matchups on the floor that I like for Creighton in that game more than anything Villanova can do. Otherwise, you know what I mean? It's not like. Like I think I think in inside, you know, Kalkbrenner versus like Eric Dixon. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's Creighton all day, right? Yeah. No, I think, I think I think I think Justin Moore and Jermaine Samuels at the two and the three for Villanova is a is advantage Nova. 
But like as good as Gillespie is, I don't think Nemhard doesn't belong on the floor with him. I think that's a matchup. Like that's a good matchup. And then I think, I think that's, uh, that's very good. And then matchup, I look at yeah. Ryan Hawkins versus Brandon Slater, and I'm just like, like I'll, I'll take Hawkins all day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So and, and then and then and then you talk about their bench. Nova has no bench whatsoever, right? And Caleb Daniels is the only other wild card that you wonder like that could you know put up a twenty piece and beat you, you know. And I'm like, well. If Sharif plays, advantage Creighton. If uh, um, you know, if Keyshawn Fizel can handle Eric Dixon's physicality, because that's a matchup that kind of isn't something that Keyshawn can't handle. Um, Alex O'Connell gets going a little bit. Yeah, like, like there's just people that Creighton can go to if it wants to extend the game a little bit. That I just wouldn't be. If you tell me I'm supposed to be like that's supposed to be a shocking, monumental upset that no one saw coming, I don't think I'm going to feel that way. I think I could see it coming. I don't think so. I think I could see it I can't, too, because to be just completely straight up about it, it's Creighton. Would I, am I crazy to say Creighton has more weapons offensively than? Offensively, no. Nova? No. Yeah, exactly. No. So I just think, I think straight up, Villanova just doesn't have the weapons they're used to having. They right. don't, like, have they can't score in the variety of ways that they, they scored 36 freaking points today dude yeah i know like i know i'm supposed to be like, thinking that's a statement win for baylor but that's pretty alarming for villanova like it is it you know was. I mean? 36 it points was. that's horrible and it was and because i was watching for some of it i was like it's not like they're getting bad shots either mm. they're not, they weren't hitting and they weren't like they had no rhythm they had no groove mm-hmm Mm-hmm. It's not like the normal Villanova you see where it's guys getting in the lane. One, two, kick out. Oh, got a three. Next time down, get in the paint, jump stop. Everyone collapses. Everyone goes out to shooters. Some guy hits it in the lane, drop off to a big. Like, they don't – it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm, serious, I'm with you. Like, I think Creighton's got to be really disciplined. they got to take care of the ball. they got not a – they got to be really disciplined defensively. You know, we know mm-hmm. the keys to beating Villanova. And with this Creighton team, I'm not sure if they're there yet. But – I also wouldn't be surprised if they get if they're there on Friday, you know, because I, I think you oh, could yeah. see I think we'll see games from Creighton where they are checking all those boxes and where the and where they're not. So that's kind of what the deal with the young team. Um, I guess we should probably talk about Creighton since we're talking about them a whole lot in terms of how they match up on Friday. Right. Like, did you watch the video? Right yeah. Were you, t- oh, were yeah. you watching the whole thing? Oh, yeah. What'd you well, I watched I, I watched uh, I only two. I think the first minutes, but I watched the rest of it. Yeah, what do you think? I did not. I didn't. I thought it was a, the beginning of the game. I was, I was just saying to myself because BYU is still ranked twenty uh, fourth. I was like, oh, this will be a really good one. Like I, I was like, this will be a good test right now going into this, and especially like location. Uh, I did not think they would get up as handily as they did in the first half. I didn't, and then they started grooving, and then my man Ryan just wanted to put Mormons in rims, and I was like, whoa, this is this is this is this. I thought, not, I don't want to say a statement win, but it was a it was a feel good win. It was definitely a feel. Good yeah, win. that's a pretty good way to say it, right? Yeah, because I think they just got like with Ryan, like Ryan playing as well as he did. I think too, he's starting to like you can see guys feeding off of it, man, because he's starting to really establish himself. And you called this obviously going into the year of him, you know, being that type of just the most experienced guy on the team, mm-hmm. and I now guys are starting to realize that from the way he carries himself, not only the way he carries himself just in the locker room and off the court, but now they're like, oh no, he is he is a polished 
college basketball player. Yeah, we can play through him in stretch. We can play through him. Mm-hmm. And I think now guys are leaning towards that. And that's where I where I was saying earlier before the season, like I wonder how quickly this team will find their identity and find who they are. And they started like th- that game was huge in that because I now they can see like, hey, we can this is a way we can play that is consistent. Like this is like we can play through him and it can get everybody else going. It can get us going defensively. And so I was impressed. I was impressed. I think it was a very good feel good win. Yeah, that's a, a feel good win is a good way to put it because it's not like, you know, BYU's got some injuries. So you're not sure. Like if you say statement win, does it have the longevity that it would if you make a statement win, you know? So a feel good win is a really good way to put it because Creighton played really well in all facets and they can they can take that into the next one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that, that game, the whole game – I didn't get nervous. Like at no point was I like, oh yeah, maybe BYU could come back. Once I, I think they got up to, I want to say like a 12 point lead at one point in the first half. I was like, oh no, they know how to win this game. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to have to play, play with you on that one a little bit because I don't get nervous ever. I, I, cause I just don't, <laughs> okay. I just don't, okay. I just don't, I just don't go there emotionally. You know, I just, I just kind of watch and observe and analyze, but like for you with like, being a former player, like your, your mood will probably help me understand like what went down and everything. So that's interesting that you didn't get nervous that BYU is going to come back because like my thing was, I thought BYU was going to come back because they're just too experienced to get rolled like that, you know? And so the thing I was watching for was like, how much time is going to be left on the clock when BYU gets this thing to 10 or nine, you know? And it's like, and the crowd senses that, there's been a shift like yeah. if you're down 20, I think the shift comes like in the middle of that. Right. Absolutely. My, my, Absolutely. Yeah, if they cut that no. in half. No, because that's just the crowd. Why would you waste your energy if it's not even going to get close? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Man. And so, yeah, no, that's it, it, that's the I mean, truth for all games. Right. Like, yeah, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like the BYU got that to 10 with like nine minutes left, I think, 905 mm-hmm. or something around there. And I was like, OK, this is. This is interesting because now Creighton has to close this deal. They can't ride the lead for nine minutes because this can be this can be a tie game in four minutes. You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, this is what I was curious about because I knew BYU was going to make a push. Now and now I'm wondering, like, all right, can a young can a young team that hasn't that's only got like eight or nine games together figure out how to close out a team that they feel like they already buried? and is now punching back at them, you know what I mean, and feeling good about themselves, right? And that's that's what was impressed. Like, it wasn't just that they did it, because I think that can be kind of fickle. Like, if, if what if BYU just goes cold and Creighton gets hot real quick and that's the ball game? I loved the way they executed. And, like, there were so many smart plays that helped them, um, you know, push the lead back out to a comfortable margin where they could ride it out the rest of the way. Like, first of all, they hit their free throws. They they were huge, like huge. they were like fourteen for fourteen in the final seven yeah six and a half minutes whatever it was that's that's how you close the show for sure you got to be good at the free throw line one you got to take care of the ball which they did and then two like there were two huge plays I think both of them were threes for Alex O'Connell but the first one was um, Ryan Nemhard getting downhill keeping his dribble alive unlike he, what he did against Iowa State so that's that's what transferable mistake to to improvement from game to game right there. Right. So he kept his dribble alive. He got baseline. Um, he pretty much like took the whole defense with him 
and then just made a real quick kick out to O'Connell for a corner three in front of Creighton's bench. That was big. Trey Alexander just executed one of the most perfect, like, Nova drill situations that I see you guys, like, do all the time. He catches the ball, like, it, first of all, it's late in the clock. Like, Creighton's been running some offense and trying to create something. And he catches the ball right wing, right, pass fake left to just make it just it just shifts the defender a little bit, like just a little bit for Trey to get to his dominant hand, drives right, jump stop at the paint. Uh defender collapses, shot fake gets him in the air. Window, window. Oh man, I was hitting my microphone getting I'm so excited about this. Window opens up with a shot fake, kick back to O'Connell on the opposite wing, bang. Like that was perfect. And for two freshmen, See, and this is credit to O'Connell for hitting those shots, first of all. But for two freshmen to make those plays in Trey Alexander and Ryan Nemhard, like huge, huge. Those are game winning plays. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to our theory on collecting data for this one. Oh, you're gonna okay, okay, bring it back. Um, I I gotta go back to this because I've I've been starting to think about it a lot recently, and like I was saying with the game. Yesterday, what made me not nervous, and I know it sounds crazy because it wasn't even the same caliber of game, but the Nebraska game. Like, I thought back to the Nebraska game from this year and how they closed that one out, and I was like, mm-hmm. because they were saying at, at, at the time, probably like that four-minute timeout, or I think I, it might have been the eight-minute. I'm not sure. But I know in that huddle, the conversation was like what you're saying. Just execute. Like, we know how to win this game. Like they don't have – what are they going to do? As long as we execute – they don't have any, they haven't showed us anything that's going to really hurt us. Like if, as long as we execute, as long as we handle what we need to do yeah. and they've done, I've seen them do it before. So I was, I was not nervous. I was like, I know that the vibe and the conversation in that huddle was, Oh no, we're good. Like we just have to execute. That was it. And they yeah. did. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, shout out to the fr- freshmen being able to execute December of their freshman year mm-hmm. against the, 24 top 24 five team in the country in a neutral location. Like shout out to them, man. Yeah, that was it was big time. Big that's time. How, that's how you win. That's Still how you good win game. Games. That's how you win. Still games. good game. And this is the type Still of game good. they're gonna remember. They're gonna remember going forward back to collecting data. It's like, oh yeah, we knew how to handle that. We knew how to close the game out. So I do like this team's ability to close. I am more confident on that. Yeah, I, yeah. To like you know they they don't just front run. You know what I mean? They grind. So I like that about them. Um, where should we go next? Who's the we talked about DePaul, Villanova, Creighton? Talk about UConn a little bit. They're injured. They're, they they had the two injuries. So I mean, and they won yesterday. So yeah, that's a good win. St. Bonaventure is going to be really good. So yeah, that's, they're, they're that's always you know that's a sneaky tournament later. team every year. Yeah, St. Bonaventure should probably win that conference this year. They're they're yes. pretty good, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. they're like. Yeah. They're supposed to be a trendy second weekend team. Um, I think a lot of people had them in their preseason top 25, top 20, because they brought a lot of people back from a really good team. So that's a good win for UConn being shorthanded. And I think they're going to get right here probably sooner than they thought originally. So, yeah, UConn's, gonna, UConn's not going anywhere. Um, yeah. I think Seton Hall right now. Let me check. Hold up. The score. They're up. I just saw they were oh, up, seven. up seven, so they went on a quick run. Okay. Going in. I think it's a little bit of time left, or they're going in a half. Yeah. Seton Hall is 
But Seton Hall's got the season. What do you think about what do you think about Seton Hall, Texas then this week? I I thought Seton Hall, Texas, man. They, that was Bryce Aiken. I did not. He he has been. Hey, think, good good call by the way. You call you said he didn't have a good game, but he closed. He that did game, it. Didn't he? He, he closed that yeah, thing. He did. He, he 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 did close the game, and they needed that. Like they needed a guy. Like their their teams, I think, have always been the best when they have the Miles Powells or the Isaiah Whiteheads, the yeah. guys who. Yeah. Taking those big shots late in games. Dean Carrington. Yeah. Yeah. Carrington. Exactly. Like, so they, he's fitting into that mold. And I'm glad it's working out. I'm glad he's healthy this year because I knew last year he was really injured. And I know coming from injured his whole career, though, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, man, coming from the Ivy League to the Big East, I, I ain't trying to knock the Ivy League, but Big East ain't no joke. So I'm, I'm glad he got a year to get yeah. healthy and now, now showing out for them. Mm hmm. No, that was good. That that it wasn't aging well throughout the game. I didn't want to bring it up, but he hit that big shot. I'm like, okay, Jordan, you got. Yeah, look, I think he came in like in his first shot. His first shot, he might have like barely hit the rim or something. Yeah, it was like, rough. Warren hit a three. I was like, Ooh, like, oops. oh no. But then, hey, he stuck with it for sure. Shoot or shoot. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, I don't love Texas yet either because they haven't pulled, they haven't beaten anybody that I'm supposed to be. They haven't done anything to impress me yet, you know. They just they got whipped by Gonzaga. They lost that, to Texas. They beat and they beaten everybody else. That's not very good. So the way I'm that still, Texas, I'm still waiting on Texas a little bit, but Texas same because the way that out. Texas the way that Texas scores is just I don't know if they've ever I don't know if they know what like good shots are really no, they because don't. they they all want to just get it's all it's ISO ball man like all all the dudes on Texas do is want to get to their spots. And get their shots off, like that's yeah. their offense. No, like I don't know. I mean, you am I am I tripping? Because oh, wow. I was watching it. They took some bad shots, man. And then long and then twos got, like, early in the shot clock. Yeah, they love mid range twos, like contested fall away twos. Like that's not good basketball. I mean, yeah. and I feel bad for Christian too because like he's stuck at the five, man, and he's like he's. Backing up Trey Mitchell, who I don't why, like. Why can't Trey, can Trey Mitchell play the four? Because Texas doesn't have a good offense anyway. Like, why don't you slide him to the four where he can play some pick and pop and let Christian? If you're gonna let you're gonna make Christian a five, let him set ball screens because that's the one thing that Texas couldn't do very well is like they couldn't generate any kind of advantage situations for their guards. It was all they all had to yes, work, they had to work exactly. so hard with the dribble to create space to do anything. And, and then by the second half, goddamn ball screen, out. let your yeah get some leverage and let a guy get downhill that way. But like, you know, Christian plays like three goddamn minutes. It's like, dude, Texas, what are you doing? Like that's your that's your O, that's your offense. Like that's how you want to operate. You think you're getting like portable offense that way you know where you're like okay yeah these are the shots we want to live with all season this is this is the identity of who we are it's like that's guard it you're not gonna, you're gonna win anything of significance playing that way you're not like but i don't see but, how but you... Seton hall did what they did they 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 grinded they won and it's a quality win you know what i mean because everybody's gonna be on texas's um texas is back this year you know they think they're a good squad so okay Game on, then. That's a quality win for the Big East, then. They're racking them up. Like, Big East keeps racking them up. That's another one for Seton Hall. I just, like, don't know how you have a team with Christian Bishop and he doesn't get 10 points a game strictly in transition. I don't know. That's just <laughs> yeah. me, though. That's just me. But, hey, moving on. What do you think? I need you to help me out with this one because what do you think of Providence? Because, you know, I got everybody from out here trying to tell me Providence is a deal. Well, and Nate Watson is the best. And 
you know, if they can win games when Nate Watson doesn't even play well, that mm. they're in the Big East and they're the dark horse. So come on, give me something that I can say to people to be like. Well, they're the, they're the team that this week just kind of didn't do anything to, of significance. You know, they they beat a bad Central Connecticut State team barely. Yeah, that's, where, like, that's, where my, that's where my pops went. Set up yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no disrespect, sir. Oh, don't uh, worry. I call I called him and. Talk junk to him all after that game. I was like, really? That's that's where yeah. you went. That but I mean, that, it, it wasn't like a super impressive win for. They didn't play crazy well, but they did what they needed to do. They got the win. It was a double digit win, comfortable. But yeah, they're, they're, they're the team I think this week that hasn't really. They didn't really show me anything different than other that would change the way we felt about them a week ago. So yeah, whatever we said last week, um, copy and paste. All right. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And then I, I guess uh, what was it? What was it? But hold up, though. One of the one of the teams I said I'm I'm out on, like disappointed in a bad way. Remember, disappointed yeah. in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, Butler went to Oklahoma and got a win. Man, they did. When I just that when was I very... buried them, they went and got a big time dub that I didn't think they were capable of getting. You, I think you I, um, they're back. They, in, they they're back you. in my good graces now. I think they heard you. They were like, you know what? Scott and Matt was he they were he was believing in us before the season and then you know we we gave him recent leave down yeah yeah we let him down and then you know what we got to go handle business so yeah that was a good one for them seriously huge win not to mention because like they kind of blew the lead in regulation I, I so yeah, I didn't, let's, I didn't can we, see can we talk about this a little bit though because I want to know your philosophy because I I wasn't really okay. I wasn't really uh Let's just say they had a three-point lead and Oklahoma hit a three to tie it, to take it to overtime. I can see your eyes right now. You're like, oh, see? Yeah. yeah, okay. So everybody immediately was like, oh, my God, Butler foul. And I'm just like, I'm not a super automatic foul up three guy. But in that situation, Butler should have fouled because here are my rules. I'm not a foul up three automatically guy because if the ball's in transition, I hate it because you're going to foul a three-point shooter trying to do some dumb shit. You know what I mean? And you're going to give him – if he hits it, it's four-point play. And if he doesn't, you're giving up a three-shot foul anyway. And I know you're the, come, the, the, the pushback is like, yeah, but he has to hit three shots instead of one. So the percentages are still in your favor. And I, whatever, fine. I still just – I hate fouling up three when it's like short time because I think you should stop the ball first and see if you can guard the situation. You know what I mean? So the yeah, reason I, think, I, the reason I think Butler should have fouled is because they did stop the ball. And Oklahoma did pass it a couple times before some like 20% three point shooter threw in a junk fadeaway that went in. You know what I mean? So it could have burned them. And in that situation, I thought they should have fouled because they did wall off the ball and they did have Villanova or Oklahoma slowed down and they could have picked anybody on the floor to foul, you know what I mean? To protect the lead. But I'm also not an automatic foul up three guy for that reason. What, where are you on that? Depends on time. Like you're saying, because if it's like, it really just had it, it would have to be time situation. Okay, so you're with me then. How many shooters? So yeah, okay. it, it, I'm automatic. I'm not definitely not automatic. I'm with you okay. on that. So would would you if if a twenty percent dude chucked one in, like how would you feel like? Oh damn, we should have fouled him, or would you still be like, hey, look, we guarded that pretty well. You just hit a freaking shot. Yeah, as it was contested, or was he? Yeah, no, it was it was junk. It was like. He would never yeah, shoot no. that. He would never shoot that at any other point in the game other than that moment right there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I probably would have made the same 
coaching decision. Yeah, and that's sure. But they got it done in OT, so no worries. Butler got the dub. Yeah. They didn't have to pay for it. It's all good. Um, the basketball guys rewarded them by playing out of possession. Like, they just made them sweat a little bit, five more minutes. That's all. That's all. Yeah. So, yeah. Big well, time was, dub for that's Butler. That's the right thing to do. Big time dub. Big time dub for Butler. Shout out to Bulldogs. So yeah, they're back in my they're back in my good. You're not a disappointment anymore, Butler. Thank you. Back in my good graces. Well, then tell me how you feel about Marquette. Are they a disappointment to you? <laughs> I don't know if I can say disappointment, but they did not look. <laughs> I felt bad. That was too a smooth like, you like that transition. That was good. <laughs> I feel bad too because I've you know I like interact with and follow a lot of Marquette people, and they were that was like a big big week for them. Like UCLA is coming in, um, it's a chance for another like, uh, you know, another statement Shaka moment, and they looked like they looked terrible. They I mean, they were shooting just junk shots and not hitting anything. I think they were. I think there was one point where they were like hovering around 10% shooting like after a sizable stretch of the game. It's like, ugh. This yeah, is- I didn't even know the numbers. I just knew that they wanted to be done with that game more than I wanted to turn it off. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, oh, these poor guys. Yeah, I switched, to, I switched to volleyball probably like six minutes in. So that's, yeah. They are, I think they're, I they're the, that. they're the most like all over the place team that's what we'll call them all yeah over the place. they are all over the place they're right? most all over the they're the most all over the place Big East team that's their new identity that's their mo yeah you <laughs> know what I, basketball. Here, here's the thing we're all over the place here's the thing they showed me on on Saturday mm-hmm. if you told me right now I have to I have to ride with Marquette being the team that's going to finish last in this league I wouldn't hate it like I, I would think there's a good chance it happens because yeah, I, saw, yeah. I saw I saw I saw because I saw stretches of basketball there that I could see this team like just getting boat raced. Like, can I throw a hot take at? Can I throw a hot what, take what at we, you? What, then? We, what do we say? What do we say? Our number so, for getting boat races five or less if you're good or yeah, bad, right? Yes, like, I, yes. I can see this team going five or north of, or north of five boat race times. Getting so you back. have you have DePaul winning more games in the Big East this year than Marquette. You can oh, lock that one in. Wow, why would you go straight for lot. that? That's a lock. You're gonna lock that in? No, I said if you made me lock it in, I would maybe. No, I'm, 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 I'm saying I'm, I'm making you right you're now. You're gonna be locked that in right now. I want to know. I want to know who. Yep, I want to know who you think finishes better in the Big East, oh DePaul or Marquette. I want to know. Fuck. Um. <laughs> gotta make you sweat. See, this is what did I try to got here. do to myself here? You know, I, okay. I'll do it. I'll say yes, because because I like the, what DePaul does sometimes. And I honestly, right. David Jones. You're trying to save me. You're trying name, to save yourself. Name, sometimes I'm going to make sure his name is David Jones. I don't want to disrespect this man. Where where's this? Did no one talk about that? I, I love I love how you tried to save yourself, but I'm clipping that up. <laughs> if Mark if Mark. <laughs> I'm using it. I'm clipping that one and tweeting it for the whole day. I gotta make sure. I think this dude's name is David Jones, but I gotta make sure I got it right. It's right. some it's it's some generic, like there's no way that's his real name, and it is. So sc- scurry in the scrub locks. Yeah, it's David nice. Jones. 
This dude dropped 33 and 14 on Louisville. Okay. That's, no, that's he the was 15 field. to 22 from the field. He had 14 boards. I'm, if they got a dude like that, Marquette doesn't have a dude like that. So if you make me David say, Jones. all right. Nick, Nick, Nick on Genda. Nick on Genda had like, what did this dude have? He had like eight points, nine boards, like 10 blocks. What did this dude have? Hold up. Yeah. Nick on Genda. Nick on Genda. You remember, you remember Nick on Genda, right? Super long, yes, raw of course, shit, of course, right? Yeah. yeah. How, yeah. how many? How many blocks? Yeah. This 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 dude had eight points, nine boards, and eight blocks against Louisville. Eight. Eight blocks. I missed that. One. I missed that. Yeah, we bro. We need to be talking yeah. about that right now, dude. Look at him. He had the most violent block I've seen all year because. DePaul still gave up a three on it, which made me laugh because it's like that's classic DePaul. But he 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 punched this dude off the glass. Okay, he banged him off the glass, and the dude fell I think I did like see this. I think the dude fell off. like into the sanction. Like his he his whole existence got wiped out. And I was like, oh my god, yeah. that's the most violent rejection. <laughs> that's an embarrassing moment. Yeah, that's an was, embarrassing moment. Never want to fall into his ditch. Yeah. And then DePaul gave up a three off the ricochet because he punched it off the glass so hard that it went to like an open Louisville shooter. But open, of course. Yeah. That's that's the basketball guy. He probably went. Did he stand over him? Did he stand over him? After no, he it was it was super chaotic. Like he uh, banged it off the glass say, and it went so it went so hard. Like it was, yeah, it was. He didn't have time to. I was about to say that was probably the basketball guys because if he like blocked him, pinned him, yeah. on, pinned him on the glass, and then stood over him, yeah, and like was like next, and then it went to an open three point shooter, I would have been like, oh yeah, that's karma. That's basketball yeah, guy. Right, for sure. No, it was just DePaul gods because that's what happens to DePaul. Like you get a sick ass highlight and you still eat through eat a three in it. So what if um, the what if the pandemic fixed DePaul basketball? Is that wild to say? That's well they insane. played like they played last year, so it didn't. We know that hey, after but like this is Oh, you're not even you're not you're not counting whatever happened. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I'm, I, well, I, I was just counting that I meant the pandemic season. Like I think the coaching, I think that we we talked about what fixed them, the coaching change. We talked about that earlier, remember? Yeah, I mean that—that's probably it. But <laughs> if, if we're trying to stretch for thing coincidences, like I was, <laughs> you're just like I'm right. You're like in a realistic world. That's what it actually is. But if we're talking like supernatural style, like no, there's some magic going on here. Yeah, yeah. I don't and know. you know what? So yeah, I, the, yeah. I'll take DePaul over Marquette for win total. I guess. Yeah. Would you say? Would you say for wins on DePaul? You said thirteen. If it's 13, no, it's definitely. Yeah. I, need, I just need eight. I just need eight. I just need eight from Paul. Come on, man. Yeah, okay. I could see I could see Marquette struggling to get eight wins in the Big East. If there's one team that I think is like not capable of that on the offensive end of the floor and it might bite them on most nights, Marquette. Probably. Yep. I could see them having the worst offense in the league. I could, I, I, could, also I, could I could see that. I because you watch them and they they when they have to dribble around. Oh, look at I love Ryan Hawkins highlights on my TV. Dunked on him. Oh my god! You know the what's you know bounced. you know what's yeah, awesome. the ball bounced off his face. <laughs> yeah. the ball bounced off my man's face. Like oh my god! You don't know how bad I feel for this dude because normally when dudes get dunked on, I'm just like, you know, I don't really care. But I felt for this dude because. Ryan Hawkins punched on him, then talked, then told him about it. 
And then Ryan Nemhard, if you watch the highlight, watch the highlight. Watch, keep watching. He pointed him. Ryan Nemhard, like pointed at him. Ryan Nemhard tells him, "You just got, you just got murdered." Pointed at him, yo. He pointed at him. That was my favorite part. Like that was my. In case everybody in the crowd wasn't sure who just got yammed on, Ryan Nemhard like put a sign on him. He's like this dude. In case you guys needed a reminder, and they probably let him know about it all rest of the game. Oh, totally, absolutely. I would, I would have been, I would have been like at the end of the game, been like, "Are you recovered yet?" You all right? In the, in the, in the handshake help? line, you're like, you good, bro? I, I, I would be like, I'd be like, bro, my therapist is really good. You need help? And imagine, that, that's the worst part. Imagine, because he's, they're Mormons. So imagine getting dunked on that bag. You can't even yeah. go have a drink after. Can't yeah, even, I can't, I don't know. I've can't even seen, have a beer. The last time a Creighton dude punched on someone like that, where I genuinely felt bad for the player who got like postered is, uh, when Kyrie dunked on Aaron, on Aaron Thompson. Thompson, yeah, yeah, that was. I didn't talk to. I didn't. I told Kyrie I didn't talk to him for three hours after that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I said I told him after I I I I kid you not after that game I went we went to the locker room and I looked at him dead in his face and I said what you did to that man tonight was was awful and I I feel like I can't even talk to you for the next three hours because that was that was violent and. <laughs> Be around someone who's that violent for the next three hours. I have to think about what this means for later. Life. Yeah. I'll hit you up. I'll hit you up later, bro. And he was like, "What? Okay." Have I, have I told you the story about the the scout who was there for that game? Oh no, I, I haven't. Okay, so oh, I need this one. <laughs> so uh, it was a, it was a scout for the Utah Jazz. Okay, and he was uh, mm. who who was I think I was sitting with Alex Alex Sindelar. Yeah, we were both, like, kind of talking to the guy a little bit and asking him, like, who he's there to see and everything, you know. And, I mean, I can't really, like, fault him now because these dudes, like, Keelan Martin's in the league right now. So, like he said, Keelan Martin, I think he said someone else for Butler that maybe, like, Kamar Baldwin or something like that. Yeah. I can't – maybe Kellen Dunham or something. But, like, he didn't say Marcus Foster. He didn't say Kyrie Thomas or anything like that. And uh, so we thought it was kind of like funny. We, Alex and I were joking about it. Like he didn't say any of the Creighton guys. He just said the Butler guys. He was there to watch. And I was like, that's weird. Um, but <laughs> after, <laughs> like right after Kyrie punched on Aaron Thompson, all he did was like he spent the next like 20 minutes just like reading Kyrie's like bio and information. Oh, that's hilarious. Like it was so funny to like we were, we were cracking up get- about it. He I like he was just like, all he had, he had the notebook he had like the 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 packet of information of the players and stuff like there with him but he wasn't really going through it he was just like yeah I'm here to see Keelan Martin and some other guy for Butler that I can't remember like whatever and then when Kyrie dunked on when Kyrie came down the lane and dunked on Aaron Thompson he spent like the next 20 minutes like on Kyrie's page like taking notes and texting people and stuff like that and like. I think Kyrie Kyrie just made himself a lot of money by dunking on Eric Thompson. The word the word got out in that moment. So like, there's if there's ever like a moment people want to know when Kyrie got himself paid, it was that moment right there. Yeah, no, that scout might not know have known him before that game. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely he knew good and well who Kyrie Thomas was. Good and well, I mean. Kyrie did shut Keelan Martin's water off. I felt like he should have paid attention to that. Oh, yeah. Martin had, like, six turnovers and scored, like, two points or something like that. So, I thought oh, yeah. Kyrie should have got, I, I think the scout should have been paying attention to that part of it, but he kind of wasn't. And then – but when he dunked on Aaron Thompson, that scout was, like – he didn't – he didn't talk – he didn't come off Kyrie's page. Like, he was 
yeah. writing all over that thing, texting people, writing down notes. Like, oh yeah, Kyrie's gone. That's his, this is his, this is Kyrie's last year. Everybody, <laughs> he's he's making money now. I love it. I yeah. love it. Kyrie, I always remember that the Kyrie, the one more year chance because he was like, man, like. I would love to stay, but I gotta go get this money, dog. Yeah, it's like it's talking about millions here. Let's I'll come back yeah. and say hi to people later. He's like, I'm he's like, bro, I'm from here. You guys know I want to stay here. Like, <laughs> I don't go anywhere else, but yeah. I, ain't, I ain't making that much money here. Like, he's like, I got family, I'll come back and say hi to people and stuff. I won't I won't leave for good, but I'm probably man. done playing here. Yeah. Shout out Kyrie, man. So that's uh what, who were we talking about when we said that? What team are we on right now? We're not doing a very good. We job. were on Butler, I think. I think we got all. Yeah, we, we got, got off Butler. Butler. We got all over the place to Butler. All right, but I guess we can refocus back in just with Xavier. Xavier had. Yeah. I, I will say Xavier has impressed me. I've been impressed with Xavier. Yeah. Um. Better than I thought. Okay, let me ask you this because I'm 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 not unimpressed with Xavier, but I need to know what you think their ceiling is with Paul Scruggs at the one. Because they keep doing that. Because they they're 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 kind of like committed to that, and I don't love it. I don't love it for full games, but at the end of the game, he's done really well with getting in the lane, getting buckets. Yeah, that's true. But can but you can he, you can you like? It's not like Scruggs is like a surprise to people. Like the league knows him. Yeah, so no, can he's so can. Yeah, but can Xavier win enough games in the Big East uh, to get themselves like a good seed that allows them to possibly make a run in March that they kind of need to make, you know, at this point in the Travis Steele era that they haven't done yet? Like, can they do that with Scruggs as their like PG one? I don't know, but I think they're going to find out. (laughs) I think they are. I I know know they're going to find out. Find out. Because I think they don't. They don't. I don't think they see. Any other option, I guess, because what what is um my man twenty four the well n- yeah Nunji's a center yeah he's fine. no 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 not him the other dude oh Kiki Tandy yeah, yeah Kiki yeah, Tandy yeah, yeah sorry yeah. so what's I guess what's the other option he runs the point that's what I mean <clears throat> I don't know what their I don't know what their other options are. I, 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 I think I, I think I, Dewan, think I think maybe they option. maybe they thought Dewan Odom maybe but he's not you know he comes off the bench like he doesn't he's not yeah. He's not their primary facilitator. Scruggs is. So yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be too confident in it. I think he's much better off ball throughout the course of a game, like to play the to play how he wants to play. But yeah, I think it has to be that for them because he does do a great job getting in the lane, and I think he has a size advantage over some, the point guards that they played and being able to do that. So. I guess well, they're just their, their quality win is their quality win is Ohio State right now, and it's a big one because they yeah. did it without Fremantle, right? So like credit, yeah, that's a huge win because Ohio State beat Duke. They look really good. They just beat Wisconsin like easily, so that's a good win. My question is, I don't think that can be your only win if you want to, you know, get in the NCAA tournament and then make a run in the tournament, right? But even it's, say it's what? even say it's enough, like. Who do they have to beat in the Big East to enhance that or like secure that thing? And I just, I think last year I thought they were pretty, last week, I spent last week, I thought they were set up pretty good at this point to be 
NCAA tournament team as long as they didn't screw it up. But like as I kind of get away from that a little bit, I'm trying to think like who who can they beat that's going to be a resume that's going to be a resume Who's booster now? in the league with Paul Paul Scruggs as your point guard. Like can they beat UConn that way? I don't I don't think so. Can they beat? Nova? I think maybe. Can they beat Nova that way? I don't know. Can they? Can they beat Seton Hall? See, like that? I'll I'll push back on that. I think they could. Do I think know? Xavier, yeah, because and also because I think it's Kobe Jones, right? The kid, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's he's. I think he's. Here. I think he's the real deal. I think he's yeah. the real deal. I think in a game like that, if you want Paul Scruggs to even play the one, like against the Nova. And say he's not really even getting that twenty that usually you need him to get if you're going to beat a Nova. Someone else if can do it. Yeah. Kobe Jones goesn't get you thirty in that game. They can win that game. Like and and, and they can play. They can play at the pace that Nova wanted to play with Paul Scruggs at the one. Because I guess like Paul Scruggs and Con Gillespie, I think defensively, like that's advantage. Uh, Paul Scruggs right now, at least. Hmm. You don't think Paul Scruggs can lock up Gillespie? I think he can hold him. I think he can yeah. hold him. Yeah, he I, I can win that game. Maybe. I don't know if I would like if I if you're asking me like who who I think has the point guard matchup. I don't think I would say Xavier if that's the matchup. But also like Fremantle once he gets right that Fremantle Nungy like front court duo hmm. might be the. The best one besides UConn with Whaley and Sonovo, right? Like that? Yeah, probably. So, like, Nunji's putting up monster numbers. What do you have there? Be, yeah. He had, like, a 2015 double-double, I think, somewhere in that range. I think it was 28 and 28 and 15. So, he's been a he's been a nice addition. I just wish they would have added – like, they added him in the transfer market. I wish they would have added a point guard. I would have felt really good about him. Yeah, Nunji had, 30, had 31. Yeah, 31. Shooting. 31 and 15. Is that what he had? Yeah. Yeah, that's nasty. Yeah. He's been real good. And he can stretch the floor too. Like, so he's a five that can pull other fives away from the basket and hit threes, you know? So he's nice. And Fremantle, yeah. we know, is really good. So as long as when Fremantle gets healthy, that's going to be a nasty little one two combo in the post there for them. I just wish they would have added like a better lead guard. That way Scruggs can yeah. play his more natural position. I think that's what they need to go going back to your original point to them. I don't believe in, I believe that they will be better than I had thought at the, in the preseason mm -hmm. in the big, East. they will fare better than I thought in the big East, but I don't know if this is the year. Like it's supposed to be for them that they make a tournament run. I don't mm -hmm. think they can up in that position when they're not playing a team that they have an advantage over in that first round. So, yeah. I mean, we're pretty. That's we're, where I'm at with them. Yeah, we're far away from having to figure out whether they can make a run or not because there's still just too much to go. But I just know if you take the pulse of like where Xavier's at program wise under Travis Steele, like replacing Chris Mack, like they need to make the tournament this year. Like they can't, they can't not make the tournament. Otherwise, I don't know where they're at. Um, yeah. Uh, who would St. John's play? Monmouth. St. John's Monmouth. is uh, 
Dude, I, I just don't think I'm gonna have, I don't, I don't schedule depending on them until they play Big East teams. I just don't know. I'm gonna, if I'm gonna that's that's the thing. Every year, what is their schedule? And they like I I don't know what to watching their games is even fun because it's like it's not telling me anything. Yeah, right. Like it's like mm-hmm. I, I would much rather watch their practice to figure out who they are than something <laughs> yeah. to be honest. I mean, my like, isn't my mouth isn't bad, but it's not like yeah, I, I, but beating them isn't gonna tell me what you're gonna do, you know in a five game stretch when you have to face like, you know, Nova Butler on the road, UConn, Providence, et cetera. I mean, that, like, and that, that, that not, can't be fun for them. You're not telling I mean, me. Yeah, not, yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, you're not telling me who you are yet. I don't know. No, no. So I think the, the disadvantage to that man is like, again, going back to the collecting data theory, like yeah. you don't have, you need like, like that, you need these feel good wins. Like you need a great yeah, win over. Yeah, you, you need live. You need that. Yeah, you, you need that. You need to play these teams now to gauge. Like, I forget uh, who was. Yeah, like even thinking back to all the way to my freshman year, like the Wisconsin game, and I referenced that one a lot. But it's mm-hmm. like you need to play those teams so you can be like, oh, okay, that's what they got going over there in the Big Ten, and then you play your uh, the Baylor's like later, and you're like, okay, that's what they got going in the Big Twelve. Like, all right, I, I, I see where we fare. What is St. John's doing? Like, I, I don't, I don't see how this is helpful for them. Like, I don't either. And I, and I think it's not like I was real hype watching just. I, and I don't know if you saw the tweet, just watching the Kansas game yesterday because I was like, man, scoring in the first four minutes at Allen, like the field house, like has to be like for Kansas has to be one of the craziest adrenaline rushes ever. Oh, like St. <laughs> St. John, St. John's isn't even putting themselves in positions where their guys are playing in games like of meaning right now, which yeah. is. Not good, in my opinion. I mean, they played two. Yeah, just two games that have two, of like just two significance. Two. They lost a close one at Indiana. Yeah, which isn't like you know. I guess you know you can go on the road and compete, but you didn't win. You didn't execute no. down the stretch to win it, and then because no. um, they had a shot to tie or win at the end of the game. They but that's win. what I mean. Like that's why. And then what, Kansas and Kansas whipped them. So like, there's not. Yeah. That's their two most valuable experiences so far like because i think i don't know if it's a 20 game slate now with uconn back so it's two extra i just don't know how you can go through the big east without being battle tested although i think you're that's getting true. i think you're gonna get exposed if you otherwise exactly exactly like, like, look, at, look, at your, look at your creighton squads like every you know your last couple years like you played michigan on the road played nebraska on the road like you played san diego state and texas tech on neutral floor um, who else were your neutral floor games? But I'm saying, like, you know what uh, I mean? Like we had the 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 ba- the tournament we lost to Baylor in the championship. Oh yeah, UCLA Baylor. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, yeah. the, the teams that you were on that went to the SBA tournament. You were teams you, that we you played. You, you played teams that are going to prepare you for exactly. for like when you're in the shit in the Big East and you have to figure out a way how to execute down the stretch. You can. Like you know, call back to moments in the non-con where you're like, all right, here's where we were playing a team that had like six six wings, and we got to figure out how to get angles on them and score, or we got to figure out how to get the ball inside, or we got to figure out how to get shooters loose. Like St. John's playing NJIT and St. Peter's and Monmouth isn't preparing them for how they're going to get shots in the Big East. And it's tough just making it's just making them feel good about themselves because they confront run. And you know that has to be a letdown for the guys too, because like think I think the point I was trying to get at before was just that like you play at like a Kansas and then you go play like 
a Fordham or a Mammoth. Like, no disrespect, but it's just like that's tough to like really gauge who you it's are. Same, yeah, it's not on the same losing, level, especially after losing. Yeah. Especially after losing, like because I used to hate that just in our seasons when we would have like a tough loss to whoever or a tough loss to like a Baylor, and then our next game we're playing like some team that it's like we're gonna kill by it's like it's not gonna tell like that's tough because it's like we could like losing you want to like your next game you want to be able to like show you made the adjustments or you just want an opportunity again to correct that and it's not always very telling when you're going to play the Fordhams and Mammoths of the world that so were, were those were were did what you needed to get corrected against like losing to Kansas or Indiana get corrected you can't really tell that against a Mammoth or a Fordham. So is that some of the reason, like, if we're just – if we can just, like, call it back to Creighton right here. Creighton lost the the game to Iowa State where they made a bunch of mistakes and it cost them in a six-point win. Is, did, like, having BYU next, like, help them really learn absolutely. mistakes? Because they're like, absolutely. okay, we, we probably cost ourselves this one, but we got a good test next. Let's make sure we really focus in practice on what we did wrong and correct that. That way we can come out sharp. And not blow another one. And they probably had a great week of practice because that, that those are that is the times you want to practice. Like when you know you have concrete, like after a loss, Iowa State, like you have concrete evidence and and stats and everything that like you can go through to correct that. Like in the film, like you can be you can actually look back to moments and say, This is what we need to correct. Mm. When you're beating Fordhams and Mammoths and you're making mistakes, like it's hard to be like, okay. I know we won by 20, but like guys don't take it as seriously. So like, that's why I know Creighton had a great week of practices. They were like, all right, let's just fix this, this, this show it against BYU. And then we're back to feeling good about ourselves. Like that's why we win. Like, and you need that. That's the, the ebbs and flows to a college basketball season. So important to have those wins. That's why St. John's yeah. schedule, right? It all kind of ties into what you're saying there. Cause like St. Yeah. If we're trying to figure like, out who St. John's is, we don't really know yet. And but but we also like that analysis, we can transfer it to other teams that have had, you know, multiple tough tests where they fell short in one and then got to correct it and test themselves like to, to see if they're on the right track or not. Because if Creighton came out against BYU after the way they played against Iowa State and they had like, you know, 15 turnovers and chased the game again and came up short then they know that they didn't make enough strides to improve and that they still got more to go in terms of like getting themselves on this on a good path for when they face asu on tuesday and then nova on friday right so yeah like having the byu performance right after iowa state with a week of practice mixed in probably lets them know what trajectory they're on in terms of getting ready for this week so yeah absolutely absolutely I totally agree with that and i guess the last one just like closing out another, I mean, I guess, what do you make of that win? Georgetown over Syracuse. Because it's Syracuse. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good one. How do you feel about them? Because I think Georgetown's win. It's a, the, the way you feel about Georgetown's win is just really how you, good of it you feel about Syracuse. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. That's It's kind of why I, like, went south on Nova because I just watched them kind of grind out a win against Syracuse and then – I watched like Syracuse turn around and lose to Georgetown. And I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure I thought Georgetown was a hot mess, but I watched them basically do exactly what Nova did. And I'm like, okay, well, why does Nova look 
like they're on the same level as Georgetown. That's a problem to me. Um, Cause I don't think Syracuse is Syracuse. I don't think Syracuse is good. I just don't. I th- I mean, they got, they got bombed on by Colgate. Uh, you know, they, they, who else have they lost to? Like, I just don't think they're all that. I don't know. I don't, either. They, I don't even think they're a tournament team right now. So maybe Syracuse, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So no. And Georgetown hadn't looked good yet. So yeah. That's kind of why I went south on Nova was because I'm I, I think it's a good win for Georgetown just because it's a rivalry one. Two, it just keeps the big east momentum going. But honestly, I think it says more about the ACC. The like, ACC and, and is so bad. Um, I'm gonna just say it. I know we're a big east centric podcast, so we don't even need to get into it. The ACC is bad. It's like who do you who do you <laughs> I mean here's what I know about bad. the ACC is like I mean they got Virginia beat Providence. It's kind of the reason I'm not sure about Providence yet because Virginia beat them pretty handily, and Virginia is not good this year. No. They're not great. Yeah. And uh, so Duke looks like Duke looks like Duke, you know. But I don't know who else I like in that conference. Like I, I just watched Clemson and, and Drake, and I'm like, there wasn't a lot of separation there. Not at all. I watched NC State go to four overtimes against freaking Nebraska, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, yeah." So I don't, lo- I, I don't, like, I don't love them. North Carolina. I watched North Carolina go to the wire with Brown, and then I watched Creighton boat race Brown. So I'm gonna love North Carolina. Um, like I guess Wake Forest is decent, but I, I, I just, the ACC is rough, man. They're rough. Like Pitt's not rough. good. No. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's ACC is just. Duke, everybody else. Duke and every, yeah, exactly. Every somewhere Have fun, everybody. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't even know. Florida State, I guess maybe. Florida State is up there, right? Okay, yeah. Florida State's always solid though, too. Because that, yeah, because I mean, Florida State got rolled by Florida, and then who else? Purdue. Oh, really? Yeah, Florida oh, okay. and Purdue. Purdue's, Purdue's good this year. Yeah, Purdue's, Purdue's really good. Yeah. So, but, but Florida State's not anything special either. So, like, they're kind. Of, but I mean, you kind of always expect them to be good. So, yeah, they'll mm-hmm. probably be. It'll, but honestly, if you, if you told me, like, how many teams are going to make the tournament from the ACC, I, I might say two just to be safe. Like, <laughs> Yeah, if I, had to, if I had to make that bet right now, I'd say two. Yeah. I don't I – don't, yeah, wow. I don't think so. So, I guess we need to wait and see still because yeah. ACC needs to get their shit together. So, that's not let's, our- uh Let's talk about the women's side of things because I think the Big East women had a really good week. And – uh if you want, you can just ask me questions so I don't trap you into some poor analysis here. You know what? I, you know what I think. Don't worry. We, you this know what is I, good. <laughs> you know what I think we should do? I think we should have Probably. like a, a week. I don't know how much time you got, so this is up to you to be honest with me right here. I'm gonna look you in the eye because we're on video. So you tell me if I give you like a weekly assignment, like one Big East women's game you got to watch. Like I'm not. Ta- I don't want you. I don't want you analyzing box scores on me. I want you like I like this. I want you Watch watching it and giving it, you learning. Real analysis. I think, all right, I think all by right. the end of the year we can have you to be a well-trained women's basketball analyst. If we I like this. I like this. Let's get yeah. on. So you just gotta give me game of the games, games, games yeah. of the week. We'll give you, we'll give week. you a game of the week to to analyze. And I promise I won't be mean to start with Butler, but the people the people can chime in too. We'll ask that's true. Oh, we'll ask the people which, on Twitter. Like, vote on which the game should game I watch? Yeah. women's game of the week that okay. Jordan needs to watch. Yeah, we're gonna start that. That's gonna be a new segment here on Scurry and Scrub. I love it. Yeah, so we'll get you. We'll get you trained. 
Yes, so, I love it. You'll help me um, through this. This will be good, so I can give real. Because I, it, it's true though. Like I, I want to give good analysis on it, so you can help me. Yeah, yeah. Help me, walk me through that. We'll be good. Um, so Creighton played today. They beat Arizona State. So Arizona State came in um, with a fit with a net of fifty. So that's a top fifty win right there for Creighton. So they they've won five in a row now. They're six and two. Um, Carly Bachelor was awesome. Honestly, Carly Bachelor and twenty three and eleven, right? Uh, 23 and 5. 23 and 5. Oh, I'm yeah. tripping. I'm no, tripping. she was 9 of 11 from the field. Yeah, she was. Okay, okay. But her and Emma Ronsick, I think, combined for 40. And I think they missed like four shots all day. So Ooh. remember we talked about those high red posts? Remember that? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were on today. Um, you know, Molly Mogensen, backup point guard, hit a big clutch shot late to kind of put it on ice. But it was, not, it was a game that kind of got away from Creighton in the third quarter. They committed eight turnovers, uh, got down by seven. Um, and then really cleaned it up in the fourth. Only turned it over one time. Scored twenty eight points in the fourth quarter. Uh, so they that another another you know a good win for them. Like they're they're kind of putting together a pretty good resume here. They have uh, South Dakota and Arkansas left on the non con, which are going to be two more quality resume opportunities for them. And then it's all Big East play from there. They have Providence in between that before Christmas, and then after that, it's it's all league play. So. That's where Creighton sits right now. They're in a pretty good spot. They came in today 36th in the net, so I imagine they're going to get a little bit of a boost um, with the win. What was, I, don't, I, I don't know. So what, what, is Arizona, is, what was Arizona in the net? Arizona State was 50 today. Coming okay. In the, yeah. Okay. So would you say like that? Because I was watching it, obviously, I thought both were feel-good wins for the men's and women's. Would you agree? Yeah. No, I think, yeah, because just from a matchup standpoint, Arizona State was – really long, strong, physical team that got in Creighton's face, and they didn't really let Creighton get comfortable. You know, Creighton likes to run that motion offense. Um, that's kind of where they, they, you know, if they can they – can, they generate the best shots out of that style. Um, so they had to be a little bit more – a little bit more structured but set place today because Arizona State took away that movement. Um, and then Arizona State had some versatile players. Like they had – uh, a, a Rutgers transfer. Her name name is uh, Male Giles. I think is how you say her mm-hmm. last name. Yep. You know she she was able to guard like two through five pretty well. So she basically disrupted whoever was cooking at the moment for Creighton. Um, and then she was able to score. And you know Arizona State took control of that game. They were down seven at halftime, and they were up seven for the third quarter. So that's a fourteen point swing right there, real quick in ten minutes. And the game kind of got sideways on Creighton, but they got it reeled back in. Uh, Carly Bachelor took over in the fourth quarter. Tatum Rembaugh hit big shots. T2. T2. Shout out T2. Um, big, big, Logan big. Hit big shots. And they just laid Big weekend for R2 T2. Yes, for sure. Yeah. The, the, oh, ones the Creighton Blue Jays. Yep. We'll get the shirts on the way. Don't worry, people. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. So it's a feel. I think it was a feel good weekend for the Jays for sure. Feel good weekend for the wins. Jays. Uh, Villanova, remember we talked about Villanova last week, Creighton kind of whooped them, but they were yeah. shorthanded. So Maddie Segris is a name for you to remember for Villanova. She's like a stud. Okay? But in the notes right now, yeah. I love it. So Villanova got her back and they beat James Madison like a drum. And then they beat a uh, top 25 Oregon State team today. So Segris had 28 points and nine boards. So she's – and she the just had 30 – she had 34 and – she had 34 and like 17 against James Madison. So she's back with a vengeance. Um, that's a really good win for Villanova, though. And it makes Creighton's win over Villanova better. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah, absolutely. So 
Yeah. Um, uh, Seton Hall got a good win, too. So Seton Hall is another team that everybody kind of thought was going to be an NCAA tournament team out of the Big East. But they started 500, lost to Fordham, lost to USC, and those were um, two of their – two of their best non-con opportunities. So they lost those two and then they got whipped by UConn, which is, that's, you know, that's not to be expected. And then, then they gave up 88 to St. John's and that was like, ugh, that's not great. Um, but they rebounded and beat Princeton this weekend, which is a really, a beat Princeton on the road. So that's a really quality win for them. So they're five and four now and trending back up. Um, they still have work to do though, but that's, that's a, that's a positive weekend for them. Um, not great weekends for Xavier and Butler, which is, as you'll learn as we go along here, that's to be expected. Uh, Xavier, Xavier and Butler on the women's side are not Xavier and Butler on the men's side. They're, they're, they're bad. Um, Butler lost at home in four overtimes to Denver on Friday. I actually watched a lot of that game. So I think I deserve some credit because Butler is awful. And I watched them for a good stretch. Um, and it you was not, it was it was a real yeah. You need to send me a send me. You need to go to the best cookie place in Boston and get me every t- every time you have to watch a painful game, like I guess the Paul games from like four years ago. Like you, yeah, yeah. You deserve a cookie. I'll, I'll send you one, man. I got you. Okay, cool. Appreciate it. So Denver watching anyway, watching bad ball. Yeah, Denver hit like a three at the end at the buzzer at the end of the second overtime. No, end of the third overtime, and then beat them in the fourth overtime. <laughs> so that made Butler 0-9, and, and then they lost to Illinois today. So they're 0-10. And honestly, I don't know if they're going to win a game. I'm looking at the way their schedule lines up, and I just – other than Xavier at home, I'm not sure there's a win there. So that's something to watch. Like, can Butler pull off a winless season? You know, I'll check the odds tonight. Yeah. So he, <laughs> I love how – I love how much humoring me. So here's the, thing, here's the thing where I kind of think <laughs> Butler went wrong. So Butler <laughs> Butler was pretty good a minute ago. Like yep. a minute, I mean like two years and three years ago. Okay. They were a pretty salty team. Like they won 20 games. They easily in the NIT always gave Creighton fists. They, they kicked Creighton's ass every time Creighton went to Hinkle, which, you know, that's not shocking to you. That's Hinkle, yeah. yeah. That's a standard operating procedure for the Jays. Mm-hmm. Um but but they like they made some coaching changes and I don't know why they did this but I think they might be regretting it. They hired the coach that Xavier fired like two years ago. Usually like, not a good start, not a good place to start. But you know what okay. I'm saying? Here's yeah. like I just want to go on a little bit of a tangent here. So this this like in my time covering Big East women's basketball, I had like a I don't like to talk bad about people, but I'm just saying this coach struggled with like end game situations frequently. And when Xavier made the decision to not have him be their coach anymore, I kind of thought that makes sense. I'm trying to be nice, right? Is that a kind way to put it? That's a very kind way to put it. This is, <laughs> I, I'm really picking here's, up what you're putting down. Here's, I think, here's, I think here's one, here's one example that stands out in a big way. So you can kind of understand why I'm critical, right? Because I don't want to be mean. We don't want to be mean on this podcast. Hmm. So come back in time with me. Xavier, coached by this person. Um, I think Craig Neal, I think is uh, maybe I'm saying that. Well, I was about to say you're so respectful. You didn't even use his name. Yeah, well, I just, I just got to make sure. Yeah, but here we are. Just uh, <laughs> here we are. He went and named him. Uh, so they were playing DePaul when DePaul was like 
leading the league, you know. So it was a chance for, you know, a wow, really good win for Xavier. They are down one at home. Um, They need a foul to kind of extend the game, you know. So they foul. They send Butler to the free or DePaul to the free throw line. 73-72. And in, in the women's game, in the women's game, when you call timeouts, you can advance the ball. It's not like the men where you have to bring it full court. So you can, if you get the ball back, you can call timeout, you can advance the ball, and you're basically running a quarter court set to tie the game oh, or win no. it, right? Okay. So DePaul is up one, Xavier fouls. It's one and one. <laughs> I want to stress that it's one and one. This the, the two shot situation did not, it was not in play yet. So it's one and one, okay? 73-72, one point game, one and one. DePaul is going to the free throw line. Jordan, when it's one and one, what does that mean if you miss? That you, you got it's a live ball. It's a live ball. A good boy. It's a live ball. He knows. He remembers the, what it's like to play, right? Live I ball. Know. Sometimes. Sometimes. So, <laughs> okay. So it's a live ball if DePaul misses a free throw, right? Which means grab it, call timeout. You're down one with the ball. Yeah. And you get to execute a half court set. Yeah. For some reason, he told it. <laughs> For some reason, in this situation, he instructed his players not to line up at the free throw line and like block out. He he made them. You know how when guys like shoot when it's a two shot foul. You don't line up like at the free right, throw line. Right. You just, like come for the second one and line up and then go for the ball. You know, they didn't. He made them like stand back at like half court and watch the free throw. And and I and I guess he was gonna have them line up for the second free throw. Well, what happened was the Paul <laughs> Paul missed the first free throw, so the ball just bounces and DePaul like had had people there, so they just grabbed it and just held it and. Then Xavier had to foul again and wasted like three seconds. So by the time they got the ball back, they were down three with like 0.6. It was like there was no time to do shit. And I was just like, I can't believe a coach did that. So I don't even know. I can't even think of. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to be nice, as nice as you were to think of like maybe <laughs> – what benefit of the doubt I can throw here being like, what, in what situation would that have been smart? There isn't one. There is one. Cause I, cause I watched that game live and I was thinking about it for hours. I was like, like, why would, I don't even, I can't even come up with a fake good answer. Why, why would anyone ever do that? I've tried. Like, I, I, I guess the only thing I can come up with is did, was he that sure she was going to like make it. the, yeah, throw. Right. And then, but at that point, even if you are, do you think that the other team is that dumb that they're not going <laughs> to, or, or did he think it was two shots? Did he say after the game? Uh, yeah. There's, there's three things in my head. One is he thought it was a two shot foul Two ineptitude, just utter ineptitude. And yep. three is you were trying to lose. Uh, that's the, that's the only three. Explanations. Yeah. Those are the only explanations. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What it boils down to. And the first one is just bad coaching awareness. Um, the second one is what is the truth, obviously. And the third one is like, uh, just what, you know? So, yeah, so they fired him anyway. So anyway, fast forward, they fired him and then Butler hired him to be an assistant, like a lead assistant. And now he's still, he's still around. Yeah. He's, he's an assistant coach for Butler. Now he's like the lead assistant coach and they're Owen 10. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's not a coincidence. 
can I, can I, can I, can I say something ridiculous now? Because I'm only putting two in. I'm from Boston and how it is out here. Can I, can I just say something? Simple mathematics are running around in your head right now. You're just I got a weird coincidence. I'm thinking of what if, what if this man just bets on all his games and he loses them on purpose? What if, what if he's making a mil- What if he's just making well, a million? What's, I mean, can you get Vegas odds on women's basketball right now? Like, I have no idea. Where's he, where's he betting? What kind of black market shit? Like, hey, I bet you anything you could find a bookie in the streets of Boston that'll get you. So he's got a bookie in the streets of Boston that's letting no, him make money in Butler? Like, not in, you know what I'm trying to say. All oh, the streets of Indy. It sounds like from this crazy scenario that you said, like in that game. He might have been trying to lose, and now to hear that he's 0-10? Jordan, but I've established that he's just not – he's not a good coach is what we're saying. I'm saying that. I couldn't – I'm sorry. Definitively. That much. I was Honestly, giving him the benefit ever, of the doubt, but now I'm not anymore. If I ever lost anything 10 straight times, I'd just quit. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there's anything I've ever lost. Damn. Okay. Like, I feel oh, like I'm that keep was harder than anything I said. They have a whole season left. Well, now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're here. (laughs) We've arrived at this point in the conversation. So now I kind of think I want you to watch Butler first, just in case. Oh, I do too. Now I do too. You have have thoroughly convinced me now. You have given me enough context to this. (laughs) I am watching Butler. I need to figure out who they, I want to see who they play to see if this is worth like, if how funny this could get. Cause if they play someone really good, that might beat them. I, I, did you say the game you watched was Xavier Butler? No, I, I was saying I hope it's someone really good that would beat them by 60 so you could have like a – it would be really funny for you to – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would love that. You know what? I'm, I'm feeling the – Butler. What is – oh, they're playing like Evan. Who, I don't even know if Evansville is good. They're playing Evansville at home. Yep, they're getting a dub. What day? Okay. <laughs> What day? Uh, it's not until next Wednesday. So, yeah, that's too far away. Ten days away. We'll record another one in between that. So, you got to get a different game in. All right. We'll find one. But, but find Wednesday, one. December 2nd, December 22nd, your, your game of the week. Oh, I'm, locked I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Butler Xavier. I'm writing it down on the calendar. Butler right Evansville at Hinkle is your game of the week that week. Okay. So, if they haven't quit by then, that's your game of the week. But they are currently 0-10 after today, so they might have already quit, you said. Yes. They lost. They're, they're they're better than me. Their winning streak is actually more than you know. What's funny is like they beat they beat DePaul like at the end of the year last year. Like right, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing that end of year end of year happens. These teams like, like it, it's it's what happens with teams like the Lions when you see like they're just like man, we need to get one. We need to just get one get win. One. Feel good. It might be a good plan, yeah. but hey. We'll get it. This we are clear. They they just have that comment in the locker room. You're like, look, we know we're not better than this team. Yeah. And that's all. But today we can be, and we will, and that's it. <laughs> that's what happens. I've been there. I'm, I'm on yeah. both sides. Like, they ha- they so like in their defense, there is an injury that's key for them. I'm not sure it's defensible for 0 and 10, but it is kind of defensible for them struggling. Is like this kid Genesis Parker, who I think was a graduate senior, so one of these super seniors. She tore her ACL, it looks like. I don't know if she tore her ACL, but it's a bad knee injury. Looked ACL-ish um, against Indiana, who's really good. And it was like a decent game at that point. They were only down, I think, 12. And then they lost by like 30 after that. But 
you know, so maybe they could have been okay, but they're just, they just, it's bad right now. So, well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to find out with <laughs> you're excited to find out how bad. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's Butler and Xavier got beat by Cincinnati today. So they're, I don't, <laughs> Xavier is like two and six or two and seven and they haven't beaten a team. They haven't beaten a team that's got a win. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, the teams they've beaten are all over on the year. So I think like the I think the combined record of the teams they have wins over is like 0 and 21 or something like that. Wow. So I guess kudos to them for not losing those games, right? Yeah. No, I that's something, isn't it? Hey, oh I mean. <laughs> Don't apologize for winning. You get yeah, never apologize for winning. Okay. Never. So yeah. So that's a positive thing we said about Xavier. So check that off the box. Um, UConn had a tough week, right? Like they're trying to learn yeah. how to play without page. I actually did that. That game I did watch a little bit of Georgia Tech or UCLA. Georgia Tech. Okay. Just because I I uh was close to the girl who plays on the team there now. She when she played at uh she's transferred from K-State. Okay. Uh, and so that game was interesting. I didn't know that uh <laughs> I didn't know that honestly how long so how long is Paige out? See that's that's kind of up in the air. She her original timetable for like recovery slash return to action is like six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. But there was a report out this week or from I mean from UConn itself, like that said that she's considering um having surgery to repair the injury. And if she has surgery, it adds another uh, like six weeks. It adds another six to eight weeks to that, which would push her return date to like late February. At that point, I'm like, well, that's maybe she's just done for the yeah. year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's all I was going to so, say. Is I didn't yeah. So it is a little, yeah, it's a little up in the air. Right, right now it's yeah. six to eight weeks, but if she has surgery, it's late February. So we'll see. But they looked really bad against Georgia Tech without her. And honestly, I think they're going to struggle offensively in general without her because, I mean, she's a prodigy, man. Like she's just yeah, I was supposed to be she's the mean? best playmaker oh, in the country. Oh, a team's going to yeah. I, what do you, yeah. I was like, going to struggle offensively without arguably the yeah. best off player in the country. I mean, it's like what you remember what you guys like were offensively without Maurice. Like Maurice, he was the best yep. facilitator in the league that or in the country in that the you're country. Other than, like, it was Lonzo Ball, Maurice. It was Maurice. him and Lonzo Ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. it. And so, like, there's a drop off. Maurice was better. Yeah, Maurice was better. It no, was. No, no, no the, number, the, num- the numbers prove it. Until yeah. are. But, but, but the point but yeah, is, the drop off, and you lose like someone like that, right? Um, yeah. And I think there's some guys that aren't replaceable. Paige is one of those people that's just not replaceable. So they did beat UCLA this weekend, which is good because yeah, you know UCLA is a solid squad, and it's a good confidence booster for UConn because they got to figure out how to play without Paige at least for a month or so, maybe two months, uh-huh. maybe longer. Um, but there's still just – there's still problems with UConn. Like, they didn't close that game great. Um, they they were bad at the free throw line. They're still really post-heavy. And when you're yeah. really post-heavy, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's only so much you can yeah. – there's only no, so much potential it, your offense has when you're post-heavy, you know? So, it's, it's, it's evident that they struggle to, you know, get any type of real rhythm yeah. around. Without her, I mean, they, have, they have almost no as three expected, as expected. Yeah, for sure, for sure, as expected. 
Yeah, so they're a little bit more human these days, but they did get a win to at least feel good about themselves. Um, um, Marquette looked good this week. I think they beat a bad North Dakota team by a lot of points. Um, oh, DePaul got a good quality win. The women are really good off to a really good start. Uh, I think their only loss is AM right now, and they beat they just beat top 15 Kentucky on the road. So DePaul basketball <laughs> went to the state of Kentucky and said, like, planted a flag. So yeah, DePaul runs the state of Kentucky right now. Yeah, huh? they, they're the, the the bluegrass state. Is that what it's called? Is that the nickname? Yep. Yeah, I've, I've heard that once or twice. Yeah, DePaul owns that thing now because they because yeah. the men David Jones went and David <laughs> Jones dropped a thirty ball on the Yum Center, and then the women went and beat Kentucky and Ryan Howard Ryan Howard. So, so I never would have thought I never would have thought we would start off a podcast that we had together talking about DePaul, and then I I never thought that. We would end one. Like, yeah, like we like ending on like DePaul being like, why have we talked so much about DePaul? Like, this is. Well, they had a good, they had, they did good. This is a lot about the Big East. This says the Big East. We're golf clapping for DePaul right now. All right. Carrying the flag for, we got to carry the flag for Big East Week in Review episode two on Screaming the Scrub, DePaul basketball. DePaul basketball, man. DePaul ball is what they call it on the women's side. They call it DePaul ball. They can have that. They can have that. This sounds like an established thing that they had, but Bro. If the men, if the men, if the men start coming out here talking about some DePaul ball, bro, come on now. This, they, they've been on, using yeah, that for a, for a good like two decades. You don't love it, huh? They can have it. You said the women, the women can have it. The men okay. can't. The men, the men can't use. Oh, uh, then then they can't use that yet. Yeah. Can yeah. David Jones use it? Thirty three and fourteen. Yes, yes, he can use it. Okay. He, he got it. He can call it whatever he wants. What about our guy, our guy Nick Ungenda, eight, nine, and eight? Like that's no. I, please, if he if he ever come around me saying stuff, the Paul Ball, bro, I'm gonna be like, yeah, <laughs> stop that. Stop that. <laughs> you just show him the highlight of like, what did you guys have like six alley oops in a row in transition against them? Yeah, I'm be like, bro, remember? We, I know you all big and stronger now, but remember when you was a child when you throwing lobs over your head? Yeah, yeah. All right. There was a I don't know if we ever told you this either, but like we there was a moment when all that was going down and you were like you were obviously in a different sp- space mentally because that was really exciting to watch. But uh Dave Lato on the other end of the floor was like there was moments in that game where he was just like staring at the floor in front of him. And that kind of felt felt sad, felt sad for the man. Cause because his team was getting highlight reeled. Usually you don't get highlight reeled in D1 basketball. Like usually you're more, you know, there's more resistance to it. But that night there was, there was no resistance. Yeah. Remember, remember. remember when Mitch shot that 40 footer after you guys like went on like 15 0 run or something? <laughs> remember we, he banged that shot off the glass and he came back and caught that DHO from Marcus, that flip back and let that 40 footer go. And it was just like a hair long, like dead on accurate, but like just long. Like back rimmed it. If he had hit that, the Century Link Center would have like, would have exploded. It would have collapsed. It, actually, it, it might the have, beams it might have, have melted. They, like, it might have shaken it to the point where there would have been yeah, there would have been right on the court. Yeah, that would have. Been, <laughs> it's a good thing he missed because we would have all died. Like the place would have collapsed on us. Yeah, I remember. I think I was like, I almost was about to like fall on the floor. I was like leaning. Yeah, was, yeah. I, I don't know what would have happened. It would have been crazy. I think we. I think that's it. We got. What else? You got anything on your mind? Anything else we haven't touched on yet? No, that was a good wrap up. Yeah, um, it's a good healthy week in week in review number two. 
we'll definitely get we gotta get a Twitter poll out there. Make sure we can Jordan's Jordan's because that would be good too. Because if I could get some, you know, we can get some feedback on Twitter of people who are watching the game. I can yeah. watch. We could tweet about it together. Yeah, I'll I'll do I'll put out a poll. I'll pick like four games or whatever from the week, and we'll let we'll let people choose which one you gotta watch. So love it, yeah. love it. We'll get it figured. Can't out. wait. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. Um, this has been our Scurry in the Scrub Big East Weekend Review Episode 2. For Jordan, my guy, I'm Matt. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.